Welcome to 12 Rose Back. Uh, pre-finals by done. How good was that? Weekend of no footy, and uh, we're in Richmond on Saturday time, and it was a bit of a dead zone. Um, and that will be – it'll be completely the opposite come about 5 o'clock Thursday night as we gear up for the first qualifying final. Uh, you excited? You ready for some more men's footy, time? I should say men's footy. I should stress that there was, there was men's footy we were missing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Seb, it was probably good timing on your part for the particular function that we uh, both attended on Saturday uh, that we got that middle gap because, yeah, if you try to organise it the, this weekend, you'd be no chance or we'd be struggling to have the amount of space that we did uh, well organised on that for those playing at home and that were there. But, it, yeah, it's it's a momentum killer uh, having to wait an extra week, Seb. I'm not going to change my mind on that. Uh, I think... On the way home, I was hearing Andrew Demetrio saying it was a genius move of Gil. If if that ain't AFL heavies patting each other on the back, I don't know what is. But for the the footy public, said we're footy, uh, you know, footy from the fans' perspective, as we say, I was hungry for it, and uh, now I'm starving for it. If if you want to steer into that analogy a bit more, because uh, it's all about finals, and we're finally here, so I'm happy. But yeah, it was a I missed it over the weekend. Not going to lie. Yeah, you build up, build up, build up, build up, and then you just kill it for a week. Um, I do see some merit pre-grand final because of your concussion and your mandatory sit-out time of 12 or 14 days, but I do not see the need for it pre, pre-finals. But that's where that's where we are at the moment, and that's what they... That's what they want to do. It didn't stop Geelong sending half their side in for surgery or... Essendon having half their team suddenly out injured for the last game when they were dead rubbers, but um, that is what it is, Tom. We where, where do you want to start? We've got four games. We've got an all Australian team. We've got rumours galore. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you want to What do you want to look at first? Well, I think you, you've got to jump in and uh, have a look at the qualifying. So I think I was in the stats today that seventeen of twenty three premiers since the you know the top eight became what it is now uh, with the certain way we do it. You know, 17 out of 23 have won the flag uh, winning in this first week. And I think it's something like 35 of the 46 that have at least made a granny when they've won in week one. So winning a qualifying, you're halfway there, really. Well, if you're, you're a third of the way there. You've got to win three, but it is monstrous. So let's, let's kick off with the qualifyings, I reckon. And right, probably so doesn't get any bigger than the one at the G. I know I've gone the obvious thing because it is obviously the better. When you teams say the one the at teams. the G, there's three of them at the G. So is there a specific one? Oh, well, sorry, qualifying finals at the G. Well, there's only one of oh, those. Oh, right. There's only one qualifying. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and the, so to, well, to start. And you could this... also argue G is in Gabba as well. So I'm not off to a great start there. So we'll say the MCG. Yeah. Oh, look, I don't. Couldn't tell you what they call it up there. Let's just hope they fix the light situation. Can you imagine if the lights go out this Saturday? That'd be, <laughs> be magnificent viewing, personally. You set um, yourself up there for a power outage gag uh, that will get written if we haven't already written it now, if the lights do go out. My word, it will. Thursday night for this qualifying final is an 80% chance of rain. It's going to be wet, windy, and word is Collingwood have confirmed Cox and... Uh, Darcy Cameron will be playing in that side. Is that pure madness or is that just me not understanding what they're trying to do? No, I didn't actually, I didn't, I didn't know it was 80% chance of rain. I've heard, you know, it's been pretty ordinary all week, but I didn't know it was that high, but I've got, I've got um, it up now, Tom, look at the radar now. Like this is the latest up-to-date information we can get. 80%. Partly cloudy, high chance of showers, most likely from the late morning. Winds northerly, 30 to 45 kilometres an hour. don't know why that's not in knots, but uh, that's the bomb.gov.au. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be in for a wet one, which I don't know who it advantages. Um, Melbourne, most of their losses have been in the wet this year, but maybe they have more experience playing wet weather footy. Collingwood would like to move it sort of slick and... and sort of possess it and run it through the middle. But I don't think it's really going to bother either team, do you? No, I think, you know, it'll it'll steer into the, uh, you know, 
finals footy where the the pressure goes up and and mistakes are more numerous. They're going to be even more numerous now, I guess, given the ball will be sliding around. I mean, you say Cameron and Cox. I guess Cameron's sort of their their ruckman already. It's just the fact that they're bringing in Mason Cox now, given he's sort of been in and out of the team. It it doesn't scream the conditions for him. I, I think. Are they playing upon the fact that he might explode and he might be enough to be the difference here? Are they just sort of hedging bets, throwing him in? You, I, I, they might be doing it, but you'd be mad if you're doing that. He's played one supreme final. We'll never forget it. Um, but he doesn't scream like every time there's a big game, he's up and about take, and clunking them. Um well, and it's not like he's been – well, I haven't looked at his VFL form, but, you know, AFL-wise, he hasn't exactly solidified the spot in the team. So, look, it's a strange run with the weather. And, you know, Collingwood have no shortage of smalls or even those sort of half small, half tall, if that makes sense. You know, those in-between third tall types, I'm thinking like an Ash Johnson sort of type uh, who can come in and play tall or small. But Mason's just tall. He, he doesn't do small. So it just, look, it's a puzzling one. It's funny that the, uh, I guess it's only two days away. So it's probably not that funny, but it is weird that it's come out now as, as that's, you know, the team makeup. You, you'd think, is that just sort of a few mental games with simple Simon? Yeah. Or, hey, hey keep, keep the word simple away, Tom. He's, he's coaching in. He's in rare air, according to anyone in the media. Melbourne seem to be the the darlings and the favourites, and I do like them to win, but can't understand why it's like, yeah, Melbourne, 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 Melbourne. Um, I suspect it's a bit of mind games because the rain will come and then there's every chance for a change. Uh, Nick Dacos did not get up, will not play. Apparently he's running pretty well, but they're going to take the conservative approach. And his first game will either be a semi or a, a prelim final, depending on how this one goes. Would you would you consider risking him? And I'm just thinking, if you win this, you're going to get either Brisbane or Port Adelaide or St Kilda or GWS at home in a prelim. Like, would you consider risking him chips in for this? Because you sort of, once you get to the prelim, you're sort of home and host. Oh, well, I mean, if you are going to do it, this, this is the game to do it because, it, yeah, as, as we said off the top, I mean, it's so important winning this one. Um, I mean, are you in the camp that winner of this is making a granny? Like, you're, you sound pretty confident that you oh, win this and you're through. I'm in the camp that both winners of the qualifyings will play off in the grand final. Which isn't a big stretch. I mean, history tells you that that's sort of the way it goes, but... Um, in saying that, that's why you you would be tempted. Um, you could lose him for the rest of the year. I mean, it it, it doesn't scream I'm ready when he's only just sort of returned to running now. So you you think even in a semi or a prelim he'll be he'll be he'll be blowing. But I guess I'd you'd take him at seventy percent, wouldn't you? What if you named him as a sub? <laughs> could be an oh geez if he if he's like a sub in the Collingwood flag we'll never hear the end of that as the greatest sub that's ever been made but probably your suggestion's probably already getting those kind of plaudits online with with the Pies fans on Twitter but um he he could and he he would almost suit it that he could come on and just have a five minute patch and flip a game so I mean he's obviously too good to be a sub but a 70% Nick Dacos is going to be better than a lot of the emergencies that we've we're seeing on the Collingwood list. So well, it's one of those ones it. where if you're bringing someone like this back from injury, whether you do it in the ones or the twos, you might just try and what only want 50, 60% game time. And, you know, you might be able to do it back half of the year in the ones where you, well, they were well on top and well clear. They didn't have to worry about whether he played it out and won it. You know, you, you could have done it, but you can't do it now. So how else do you do it? Well, you put him in as a sub. He's not going to come on till midway through the third quarter, ideally. If you have to risk well, it early, true. You yeah. What if he comes it, on but... in the first minute? You know, Max King v Hawthorne does the shoulder. Shouldn't be saying that in this finals week, but um, you know, goes out in the first minute. You're at risk there, but I guess you just Aren't manage you it. Glad you have Dacos out there then, if that's the case. Like I don't know. I, I just if you worry about the worst case scenario and think that's going to happen, well. 
you're never going to win the win the big one. Um, you have to plan for it, and that's probably something I would weigh up. But it's just an interesting way of getting him out there without exposing him to four quarters of footy. Um, they haven't beaten a top eight side Collingwood since July the twenty second. Was that Port Adelaide over there? It was. It was Port Adelaide by two points. The only other wins they have are against Geelong, which looks pretty poor at the minute. And I mean, they beat Essendon, but that's yeah that that last round was a real dead rubber. So they don't come into the game with like great form, winning form. Yeah, it's a tricky one there, <clears throat> and we've bagged the D's about this, but um, you know, it's almost has been it's been like they've just. They haven't been. They have been bothered, obviously, but they haven't been bothered. You know, they've they they beat Port Adelaide, who at the time was second, and that that was basically where where the team, where the top spot, were all good here. And then they've been in cruise mode ever since, almost bruise free. Um, yes, they've they've beaten the Cats, but as we've discussed, they finished with their worst ladder position of all time. So the Cats were struggling. Um, you know, Essendon. You know, their their last fortnight was bottom bottom two stuff so not not a great run in but i mean they've they've just been waiting i think they've just they've primed themselves for this one this is the game that they care about so i mean they, i think they're going to come out with a with a bang and uh i think that yeah it's up to the d's i guess to stop that momentum because if you give particularly you know i know that it's wet weather but the fans will still turn up if you give that collingwood army a little bit of a voice early could be i know the d's have played in big games but i think it will be Something to behold, so you don't you don't want to give them that early sniff. But yeah, no, you don't. And the flip side of the the form is is Melbourne coming with pretty good form. I mean, Sydney, Sydney had everything to play for a home final. Melbourne were locked in, and Sydney kicked sort of four goals in that sec uh, third quarter to get a bit of a lead and momentum up. And Melbourne said, "No." Nah, like easily could have put the cue in the rack and said, hey, not today. We're not going to get hurt. We're not going to worry about anything here. We're playing Collingwood in two weeks no matter what. But they turned it on and got the job done and and really sort of sent a message to the rest of the comp, I reckon. So Melbourne come in better form-wise, but I just – I don't know, Tom. Well, look, I'm liking the Ds coming in despite – what some D's fans think, because I do pot them every chance I get, but that's probably more out of envy than anything. But, you know, they've, they've got some games into Clayton Oliver, which is awesome. My big question, Seb, and we've been talking about it all year, is just, I mean, we we love talking about their forward line, and it's changing again, because Jake the Snake, Jake Melksham, he's out. He's unfortunately done the ACL. So, you know, a forward mix that was really benefiting from him being there is, is going to be... You know, I know they've played with it all year. They're going to have to do it again. Uh, Bailey Fritch is on one leg. I think he's only just out of a moon boot. Um, you know, what what kind of nick is he in? Van Royen, never been near a final. How will he go? Uh, you know, Cozzy Pickett's sort of run hot and cold. Where where will he sort of strike? Cole Chandler, he, he's come from the clouds this year, but how will he go in a final? You know, uh Alex Neil Bulland. I mean, are they getting goals out of Joel Smith? Where's Ben Brown? Where's Tom McDonald? It, it's still the old uh, spinning wheel that we're on with them, Seb. But they might not have to kick too big a score to win it if it is going to be wet. I mean, they would love it to be an eight goal to nine because they've got nine goals in them. I could say that. But if it does push higher than that, then they might struggle. But what, what do you reckon? Is it, I mean, does that style suit them given that it's low scoring potential finals footy? Do you have worries yeah. about their forward line? Oh no! Look, there's no doubt worries about the forward line, but their midfield's elite, their defense is elite, and I think their forward line, like it, it's it's below average, right? I think we can safely say that, given given how they've travelled through the year. But sorry. Is it below average or is it just an average forward line that we look as below average? Because by comparison to the midfield, it looks like nothing, you know, midfield's elite, forward line's not. And by comparison, it looks worse. Uh, yeah, I that, That's probably a fair point. Oh, yeah, that, 
it does suffer in that comparison because I mean it's not stuffed with all Australians like the rest of those lines, are they? No, and and I look at Collingwood's defense and I go, well, that they they're not they're not full of all these superstars who are going to shut you down and stop you scoring. It's all team defense stuff. So it's it's battle of the midfields, battle of the clearances, and then Melbourne are probably going to be really well drilled to stop Collingwood's transition game. Um, and they probably, if Melbourne can find a matchup for Jamie Elliott, I, I don't know who goes to him and, and sits on him, but if you can find a matchup for him, I think you go a long way to winning the game. He, he is the most dangerous forward on on Collingwood's side of the footy. Brody Majacek works hard and gets up and down and runs and does all that sort of stuff, but Jamie Elliott, if he gets it anywhere within 45, he can have a ping and, and kick them. We've seen it time and time again over his whole career. So he's probably the one up forward they need to sort of keep an eye out for. Um, and the rest they'll sort of hold off and, and do their thing. There's no doubt in my mind they're up this, they're up to their eyeballs in winning this. But look, I mean, I, I said Collingwood off the top, but I, I guess, yeah, as we've talked through it, I mean, the teased aren't without their chances. This, this is not without, not within the realms of impossibility here. I, I'm liking the D's the more I hear about it. Said probably ask me on Thursday, and I'll probably be tipping them at this stage. Maybe that's a bit more of my. Uh, Heart into it, given no one wants to see the pies be too successful. Seb, um, well, but yeah, I, th- I think they, they match the, up well. The biggest lure for me in Collingwood losing is there's a high chance you get Carlton Collingwood Friday night semi final the following week. And yeah, no matter that, who wins that, that'll be fantastic. You just want to see that, really, don't you? <laughs> Not that you know Carlton, uh, what well, Carlton versus Melbourne wouldn't have its charms either, but Carlton Collingwood, you can't top. Uh, and apologies to the South Melbourne and Sydney listeners out there that we've disregarded you. We'll get to that game soon. But, um, but yeah, it, 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 look, it's tantalising one for Melbourne. This is well within their grasp and would be a, a monster statement. I mean, is this the side of the draw you want to be on if you win win this qualifying? Is it? I mean, it, it's hard to make a granny either way, but are you liking this side of the draw? Uh, you, if you've got to win this one. Because I think Carlton are the next best side in it who aren't in the top four. So if you lose this, you're likely to play them or the team that's beaten them. And then obviously you're either travelling to Brisbane or you're travelling to Adelaide for for your preliminary final, should you be able to win the semi. So, yeah, uh, so it's not an easy road. And if you make it through that, then you're in a granny with a few Ks under the belt. Yeah, which may not be the worst thing given buy, win, buy prelim like is a little bit of stop start um but yeah i um i i think i, I don't know who's going to win i, I really it's don't a know genuine who's going to win 50 isn't it I, I'm, to put, tip, if you're I'm tipping melbourne i'm telling you to take melbourne melbourne are the team to to beat here i, th- I think it's all set up for them but if Collingwood win this, you're not going to go, oh, wow, I didn't see that. Like, it's just yeah. uh, the line's one and a half. The bookies can't split them. Like, it's 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 yeah, so wow. tight. Can you give me a, a winner and a margin? Melbourne by seven points, 10 goals to nine. Yeah, not bad. I'll go Melbourne by 12, nine goals to 11. Maybe that's class as a shootout by D standards. Well, yeah, the other half of this, well, this is the first half of the draw, Sydney v Carlton. So I'm just more interested in this one, Seb, just purely because you've written off Sydney, haven't liked their work. Here they are playing in a cutthroat elimination, not without a sneaky chance. Well, I'm a, they're a 10 and a half win side masquerading as a 12 and a half win side. I think that's pretty clear to anyone who's watched them this year. They won ten and a half games. They had a couple of little lucky things. Their record says twelve and a half. Uh, I have no doubt Carlton will win this, win this well, um, and Sydney Sydney will be left to ponder whether are we a good young side who was well ahead of schedule in twenty twenty two, had an up and down season in twenty twenty three, and we're ready to go, 
or did we fluke 2023? We came back to the media. Do we fluke 2022? Did we come back to the media in 2023? And we're in an absolute dogfight this year just to make the eight again, given all these players who, we, like you talk about Sydney and the culture and all this sort of stuff. You've got Rampy, who's a bit older. Um, one McCartan brother's retired. The other McCartan brother's a bit older. Buddy's gone. Uh, well, I mean, we haven't Hickey's seen retiring. Sam Reed. Hickey's retiring. Parker's another year older. Kennedy's not played. Like, he's retired last year. Like, we're just going to keep. Like, I, I I don't know how much Chad Warner and Errol Gordon and that step up and, like, where they need more. They need other players coming through. That That's where I don't know where Sydney are going to go with it but I like my most confident tip this weekend will be Carlton to beat Sydney of all the games yeah there you go you, you don't see a scenario early on first quarter Papley a bloke that should be playing in a Carlton jumper bobs up kicks two they, they're going into quarter time sort of four goals to one up and then arm um, wrestle them from there I mean can is that Sydney's go do they need to get the jump on the blues and play a bit into that expectation Blues who often struggle. Yeah, that, that's probably their most likely path forward. But I mean, again, there's a hundred percent chance of rain on the Friday. You'd have oh, to say that helps Sydney, given yeah, one, I would say one of Carlton's big sure. strengths is is Charlie and Harry, two big forwards. Um, but Charlie's so clean; he's marking things anyway. I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm. I can't swear. You're confident. Well, what makes you confident in the Blues? Because, I mean, yeah, I think Sydney can jump out of the blocks and get that mental edge. And you you could see a, a Warner or a Gordon and I guess some of the, the smalls, Haywood and um, Dylan Stevens, even Nick Blakey, Ollie Forrent, the pace that Sydney can generate. It'll probably be slowed, obviously, by the weather. But I just, I'm picturing a scenario where they get a little bit of a jump and Carlton start, you know, trying things in the back halves switches that aren't coming off or just stupid mistakes out on, out on the fools going to that sort of mumbling style that we saw out of them in the middle of the year. Like have they turned the corner or will the finals heat get to them? That's just what I'm picturing at the moment, Seb, but I mean, they don't want for anything, the blues. I mean, they, they, they do not lack in any area on the ground. So on, on paper, this should be clinical really. I just, I just, if, I can't put this as my cert, but if something's going to go wrong, it's with Carlton. That's just what I'm feeling coming into this this round of finals. Yeah, it, it's it's valid. I think we've all seen it before, but I think the way Carlton picked themselves up off the canvas this year suggests there's a different mental makeup, mental composition of this side, and I think they're going to be ready to win and win. If it was dry, I'd say win well. I think the weather will make Sydney allow it to turn it into a bit of a scrap and a bit of a fight. Um, they're going to love the wet and and sort of just slogging it out against against the Blues. But I just I just don't see it for Sydney. I'm, they're they're ten and a half wins. Then there's a goal not called and then an interchange free kick and it gets them to twelve and a half out of nowhere. Like the they've beaten the Giants by eleven, and then you've got to go back to May before they beat another top eight side. Yeah, it's not a great form line, is it? They didn't play many. They didn't play many. So their run home and their great form is not them beating good. It's be- them beating the sides outside the eight, but Adelaide, the Gold Coast, Essendon by two points, Frio, the Dogs by two points, lost to yeah, Richmond. Games you, you expect them to win. Well, they I don't think they beat the Tigers, but you expect, you know, they're just expected to win that kind of game, and they have. So they're, they're performing average. I mean, they're sitting slightly above average in eighth, but they have been average all year. Um, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to steer into Sydney a little bit just because of those worries on the Blues. But I mean, yeah, like I said, they don't know, they don't want for anything. I think yeah, their, their midfield's going to absolutely explode in this one. I think they've got Walsh, Chera, um, Paddy Dow if he holds his spot. Um, you know, Blake Akers has been in good form. They've just got them humming, I reckon, and building nicely into this one. And I mean, I'm liking down back. Nick Newman has, a, he's had an underrated year. Uh, Weedering, probably stiff not to get an all, all Australian, and we'll talk about that later. Even a bloke called Brody Kemp, Seb, is holding down a spot and doing a job. So it's a bit more 
there's there's obviously a ton of class, but there's a bit more of that workmanlike attitude to them. So yeah, I, I see them winning this, and I'll I'll put my neck out and say they'll win it by twenty four points. Uh, twelve goals to eight. Twenty four points. I reckon it's going to be seventeen points. Seventeen. A little bit closer, but I don't think it'll be in doubt. I think they're. Yeah. It just everything feels like it's Carlton's to win, and then the most Carlton thing to do will be go down six goals to none in the first quarter, lose by three points. I can absolutely which you see could see happening, that happening. You could see it happening. I'm re- I'm confident, Tom. This is not the year for Carlton. This is they they're going to win this one. They're going to win that final. There you go. Good for them. So the the wet weather continues Saturday at the MCG. I'm hearing, Seb, that uh, 50,000 to 60,000 tickets have been sold to this one, which is enormous, if you ask me. I think Saints I mentioned last week they were hoping for 55, 55 yeah. plus. Well, more than Marvel is what I think the, the bar was, so that they could just sort of say we were right, which they love doing. Now, um, how many of like them have, might get it? How many free tickets the AFL's given out to Giants fans, inverted commas? A um, bit like when. Melbourne's giving out tickets to the Commonwealth Games in 2006. They could not <laughs> give tickets away to half the events. Um, I think that's how I got into most of what I saw from those games. And look, I'm not going to lie. I've got sources that uh, that I know or people I know that are MCC members can't get anywhere near tickets to the first finals but want to get some finals value out of their memberships that are going to this game. That's a fact. Hey, nothing wrong with it. If you want to support the MCC, you don't get to pick and choose the clubs that play there. You've just sort of got to turn up in finals time. And St Kilda, GWS, it's going to be on. There's a fascinating storyline out of this. Either St Kilda have brought Ross Lyon and knife Brett Ratton for a very valid reason, Ross delivers a finals win, or the Giants have moved on from Leon Cameron in a real professional way, brought in Adam Kingsley, and he's the right man, and he's won a final in his first 24 games of coaching. One of those will become true, and you'd be excited for whichever club does get the win here. Uh, yeah, f- funny asking the the bloke with the Saints hat on that question, but I'm with you. I can see the story. It's massive, yeah, for the even for the Giants to get to this point. You know, they were on the canvas even halfway through this season. So to come back, um, you know, I, I'm worried in this game because they've got a bit of a win-anywhere attitude. I think they might have broken the record for the wins at the most different venues is it tied 10, win? 10 wins tied it's a tie um which, which is amazing like that yeah that is literally win anywhere and and yeah you're back in kingsley because it's consistent they're not you know sort of fluctuating like we saw out of the suns or the crows where the the venue sort of dictates form or how far regionally it is i mean they're, they're winning in ballarat they're winning in geelong uh they didn't go and win over in WA somehow, but we'll forgive them that. Uh, and yeah, now they come to the G uh, for 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 a massive game. So yeah, there's plenty to worry about with them, Seb. Um, they're they're absolutely flying, and they're getting. We always talk about them as you know that Ferrari. They had that reputation for a while, but they've got they've got more grunt. There's a bit more under the hood here, Seb. It's it's folks are buying into this Kingsley philosophy. So they've sort of kept the Whitfield Kelly Green. That, that top echelon. But underneath that, there's just some quality names um, that, you know, not everyone's probably got them. You don't set your watch to these blokes, but they're getting the job done. I'm talking about like a Lockie Ash or an Isaac Cummings, Brett Daniels, even Kieran Briggs, um, Harry Perryman. Underrated, not really known, unless you're really deep into your super coach or you're a huge Giants fan. Um, and Steve Coniglio, he's back. He, he's back in that form that sort of, I think he had in that that real good Leon Cameron era where he was yeah he, well he became captain so yeah there, there, there's a lot to like there um, a lot to worry about as a Saints fan so don't worry I'm I'm trying to sleep my best and Sam Taylor he comes back as well so not not bad timing for them and they look good when they beat the Blues a couple of weeks ago. What do you think of the whole Toby Bedford situation? So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go into whether he did or didn't deserve to be suspended because that's just a real rabbit hole and a bit of a lottery. But the Giants last week, they were going to hear the tribunal case and then they sort of they asked for a little bit of extra time to prepare. 
But then on the Wednesday, no one was available. On the Thursday, no one was available. On the Friday, no one was available. So it was heard on the Monday, and he's copped his week a month, like a whole Monday, a whole seven days after the incident happened. And now they're going to appeal two o'clock Thursday. There's a hearing set up with the AFL Appeals Board. This is for an incident that happened approximately what 10, 11 days prior, two days before a final. Is like are we are we ever going to get out of this Mickey Mouse competition stuff we're in? the AFL or we just keep going because that's what they seem to know. Yeah, I'm with you. This, like, it's it's absolutely farcial scenes and we're trying to run, well, we're the number one sport in Australia, so we've got that, but we're, we're trying to run, I guess, a global brand, even though I guess, you know, our reach is very much Australia-based, but it, it just makes us look, like you said, Mickey Mouse, fully, fully amateur. Uh, there, there's no reason and what what schedules are so busy that they couldn't sneak this in last week? We had a whole buy. Like what what was going on? How how intense is it to organise the All Australian announcement? Said the Footy Awards has that taken up every staffer's time? Like it it really is poor that they couldn't somehow get this in. And they should like, I mean, there might be change. And we've got three different sort of systems that you can go through to get to the end result of whatever you need. Um, that's a tribunal appeals and there's one more I'm struggling off the top of my head um no sorry Michael Christian first so uh yeah it, it, it's just too many and and it really yeah that I don't know why there isn't some sort of policy that all cases are heard within four days you know and you just get it done because he's going out training with this cloud over him it, it it's you know, he's probably, he is a good operator, so you'd think he'd be switched on, but it would just derail you because you could be training or you could be recovering to come back potentially a week later. Like it'd just, it'd throw you and it's just an annoyance for them, you know, and there's no real need for it to be this annoying. So it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I agree. It it doesn't add up. It doesn't stack up. Um, the fact it could have been done and dusted last week and then he knows whether he is or isn't playing. And the club knows. Um, I almost would have considered not appealing from the Giants purely on the basis of we just don't need the distraction. We just need to worry about St Kilda. Like, we can win without him. We just need to knuckle down and, and forget about it. But they've got, it's all right. They've gone down and appealed it. Um, they think they can get him off, but you've got to sort of prove an error in law or what's the other one? The, the, the decision was so unreasonable that a tribunal acting reasonably could not have come to that conclusion. Yeah, like, getting real into the law stuff, isn't it? Real technical state? stuff where, I mean, it doesn't look like you deserve to miss a final, but, um, I mean, you're not Trent Cotchin. You know, if you're Trent Cotchin, you're allowed to bump in the head and play in the granny. That's just, it just rules for some, rules for others, Tom. I love any chance to bring that one up you'll take. Please continue to do that. Um I've got a question for you, Seb, because it is a concern for me. The midfield battle. What what do the Saints need to do? Like like if if this one is also going to rain, does does the rain help our? You'd probably say slower than their midfield. Well, sorry, our midfield is slower than theirs. Yeah, you'd probably favour it from a Saints point of view. Turn it into a bit of a scrap. Um, as good as the Giants have been, they're still highly skillful sort of elite users. I mean, that's what comes to mind when you think of a Whitfield, Kelly, Cornelio, those types. Um, I mean, for the Saints, it it comes back to your defense and what you know. And if it's wet, this could easily be a Ross Lyon special five goals to three win. Like, that's genuinely how Ross likes it. Like, hey, I'd, he would I'd, he would win that way, and I'll take a win, a finals win, even if it is five goals to three. Don't worry about that. What was it? That day, Milne kicked one out of his back pocket. Um, what was it? Gets, it? You're playing Port Adelaide. It was just howling down, and he pulled one, and he and you won forty to thirty four from memory, or something like that. Yeah, um, I remember. I think 2010 ish might have been that one. Yeah, it just that uh, was just peak Ross Lyon, that sort of win. Um, it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's no percentage here. It doesn't matter whether you win by one or a hundred. You got to win, move on to the next week and, and gear up for a semi. So 
I'm I'm a bit stunned the Giants are favourites, Tom. Yeah, what how far is the swing? Like is it you know, is it sort of one eighty to two dollars or is it a bit bit juicier? Dollar seventy two to two thirteen. But oh, it still yeah, feels okay. like a bit of a like Melbourne, Collingwood Melbourne's a dollar eighty four, the pies a dollar ninety six, the D's. That's like a lot closer to can't pick them. This is this is drifting into Giants should win, but the Saints are good, so we'll we'll sort of match them here and whoever knows them can can have a bet. But yeah, I would have thought the Saints at home should be the dollar eighty to two bucker. You know, it should be the flip side. So maybe there's some value in the Saints. You're tempting me. I, I look, I, I could, how long have you got about our chances to win here? But um, I think that, yeah, if the conditions slow at the slingshot footy that you mentioned, I think if we can contain that, um, it, it'll go go a long way. Um, I think one thing, you know, we are talking about low scoring, but if we can find a way to, you know, a few extra avenues to goals, I know Big Max will be back this week. Tim Embry's found uh, a little bit of form late in the year. He's starting to bob up. He was lost, and I thought he was done. Um, but he's come back in the last couple of weeks and kicked his two or three, which is just what you need from him. Um, I mean, the last time we played at the G in the wet was against Richmond, and we really didn't have our kicking boots on that day. But we had more inside 50s and probably dominated the contest without winning it. So I think that puts it on blokes like Higgins and Butler and Philip, who probably to a lesser extent. Uh, Gresham, get, get their kicking boots on, uh, get a sniff early, get involved. Um, you know, they're the kind of blokes that they're our barometer. If they're firing and they get a sniff, then we're on. You know, if you get your two or three out of any of those blokes, we're going to go a long way. So, you know, I feel like the Giants will look to lock down on that. But um, in the midfield, yeah, it'll slow it, which helps us crouch. Um, it's called Jackie Steele. Uh, maybe Wayne Hager's been off half back, but he might get a run through there. Hunter Clark, not not a ton of pace, so I think yeah, the weather in that sense helps us. Um, here's a question: I bet you thought you weren't, you wouldn't be asking Seb is if you're a Saint selector, are you picking the, the I'm talking down back in our key position stocks? Are you picking Zane Cordy, who's had the role last few weeks, solid against the Cats, solid against the Lions, or are you bringing in Dougal Howard off a wrist injury? Uh, that he's had for the last month. What are you doing as Ross in that sense? No, Cordy. Cordy's your man. He stays in. He's been doing the role. Um, your role with what's been working, and I, I think it's been working, and, and you keep it going, Tom. All right, there's one. And are you happy with Jimmy Webster and Toby Green, or is that just asking too much of a a, a journeyman footballer? Uh, no, well, I mean, you're not going to put an elite. Like you don't have a, not many clubs do, but you don't have an elite lockdown defender. And you pick a small defender, Toby will beat him in the air. You pick a big defender, Toby will beat him on the ground. Um, he's probably the right matchup. And you just go, boys, we're going to get around him. We're going to help. You know, we're going to force Toby to do this and to do that. Um, but you don't want to antagonize Toby or bring him in or do anything like that. You just want to sort of let him go and. Corral and and um, yeah, I'd I'd say he's the right matchup, Tom. But when they're that good, whether you're the right or the wrong matchup, you know they can still get off the chain and kick three or four or kick them late when they're needed. It just that's just what the champion players do. Ah, uh, that's fair. So, what's your tip in this one, Seb? What are you going with? This is tough. I'm going to tip the Saints by a point. Just to put me through the ringer on the day. I'll take it because it's a win, so I'll do it. Uh, I think we get the job done by 13. I thought you were going to say 30. I was like, whoa, hey. That is confident. <laughs> uh, not not quite that kind of lit off, but, uh, yeah, I think we uh, – I'm, I'm, look, I'm going in toey like I do every game, Seb, but I, I've got like a little bit of confidence about what we can produce if we can get to our best. So I'll be there on Saturday with 60 other 60,000 mad Saints fans and a couple of AFL paid giants. And hopefully we can see a Saints win. Final game of the round is up at the Gabba on a Saturday night. Controversially on a Saturday night, given the power, we'll have to either catch a red eye home or hang an extra night. Uh, how are you seeing this one playing out? Because for me, this, this one's a, like... 
you you want to trust Brisbane, but I just there's still something about the power I think here that the the ground won't phase them. No, it's a battle of the midfields, isn't it? Yeah, whichever midfields on top, that team's probably going to win. Um, I mean, this is this, this game's going to put my theory to the test, the Hipwood Danaher theory. Um, are they both going to have a good game in a final? Like I'd just, I'd like to see one, and then if they do one, then we can go ahead to a, pre- a prelim and see if they can do two. Um, you, but you've been hard on this, which I'm with you on it. But is there? Do we have the same up the other end of the ground? Todd Marshall and Jeremy Finlayson aren't they a similar hot or cold version? Can you see either of those two having three good finals? Uh, well, neither of them were being pushed for all Australian, like Joe Danaher was. Um, yeah. Uh, it's no certainly a similar issue. Um, I, I don't know. We, we just, no, I was going to say we. It's not just we. Everyone. No one's talking about Port Adelaide as a genuine premiership threat, are they? They're talking about them as a as the the other top four side. Yeah, that that's the narrative around them at the moment. It, you know, we we sort of talked about Carlton having a lot of pieces. There's there's not much lacking here for the power, to be honest. Like their midfield. Young and quick and firing, and yeah, they, they found some avenues to goal. Sam Pal Peppers in sort of career best form, and he's a barometer. Yeah, they've got some. You know, now we'll we'll get to the All Australian, but they've got an All Australian down there in Houston. I think Aliyah Aliyah was a couple of years ago. If he wasn't in the squad, um, you know, there's there's plenty there to like. So, what, what, why are they cold on the power, or are we just in love with the Lions? I think the Lions have been pretty irresistible the back half of the year. Um, They've beaten Collingwood twice this year, the Lions. Um, they win everything at home, it seems. It's, look, it, it's all set up for a Lions win. This is what this is why you want to finish top two. This is why you you do the hard yards through the home and away season to get a home final. Um, you get an interstate side flying in. You know, everything's, everything's sort of, I mean, it, if it's a 50-50 game, it might tip at 53-47 your way. Like, it's not – those things don't automatically mean you win, but they've been a better side all year than Port Adelaide, and they're going to get all those little favours at home. You, you'd think they just win, but um, Port Adelaide got some real X-factors through the middle, Rosie, Butters, and, and the Hornet. I mean, the Hornet hasn't been having, you know, 25, 30-plus touches, but – He's been having quarters where he's had eight, nine, ten touches and and three clearances and score involvements and things like that. And that's just, might be all it takes in the third quarter or late in the fourth quarter or something to just flip it Port Adelaide's way. And and then someone like Sam Powell Pepper gets on the end of a couple and bullies his way through and and they're up and about. So this is by no means a foregone conclusion in saying that you tip Brisbane by four goals and and. That's where I would sort of expect it to finish. Yeah, and that, that that's probably fair. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a bit of the the cynic in me thinks that that you know that there is always a a team that throws up a result that you're surprised by. Um, and yeah, I you just little thing you know in the back of your head that just you can't fully trust Brisbane. Like, yeah, I'm with you. They should win this four goals easy. You get the job done. They've record at home, but they're probably even worse than Carlton. If, if the power get a sniff or they're into this game real, real deep into that third quarter heading into the last, do the Lions waver? That That's that's your worry. What is the... You, you can't sort of say they've got a, a steal about them that would scare opposition. So the challenge is there for them. But I mean, yeah, it's it couldn't be presented better. I mean, yeah, they... I mean, their midfield is as impressive as it gets. And I know, yeah, we are going to talk about the All-Australian team. They didn't have any mids in that team, but probably because they were so even. So, um, you know, McCluggage, love his form. Dunkley's fitted in seamlessly. Uh, You've got to love the former Lockie Neal. He was probably stiff not to be in the All-Australian team. Uh, Jared Lyons, if he gets a gig, he goes all right as well. And then, yeah, I mean, Charlie Cameron, he he could just about explode. Uh, So, yeah. That's without even mentioning your boys, Dan Hur and Hipwood Seb. Um, so Harris Andrews is another one to be stiff for all Australians. So I've just I'm basically looking at the team sheet here, Seb, and loving what I'm seeing from the Lions. So I think, yeah, get a good start, get past those mental demons and off off they go. But yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a battle. I'm 
you know, this will be the fourth final and I'm keen for it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a juicy one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to the Lions for four goals plus, but neither result shocks me here. Power win. Yeah, so, so you, it seems, yeah, well, I mean, you gave the Saints by a point, but you, you're feeling better with the elimination than you are the qualifying finals, to, uh, prediction-wise. Yeah, I would say... Well, I would say so. I think the Saints Giants I'm a bit up in the air on, but um yeah, it's look, it, it's really exciting. I want to I want to ask you something about these games, right? We're we're pretty excited. We've got four games. There's two losers will go home, two winners will go through to a prelim, and then the other four will have a nice little week and play again next week. The last eight weeks of the season, we talk and talk and talk about how there's a lot to play for and there's ladder spots and finals implications and stuff like that, but it just doesn't hold the same weight because no one's actually getting eliminated. Like these, some of these teams will not play again next week. Like that's how that's their season's done. Not well, their top four chances are shot, so they won't play. Like you know, um, like yes, Melbourne couldn't finish top two, so they're not going to get a home final, but they're not eliminated. No one's ever eliminated. Um, whereas now we, we're getting eliminations and the stakes just go up by about tenfold. Um, I just think I think the way there was a bit of carry on about how, oh, we're going to get this super round and, you know, we're jostling for final spots and who's going to win and who's going to finish where on the ladder, it just didn't have the same impact as actually having weeks where teams are eliminated, um, which I think is going to end up that's why the wild card round will be yeah, so successful. Well, was, Teams are going to go home and then go home and then go home and then go home and then it's a grand final. Well, yeah, I was thinking that, yeah, myself, I mean, I mean, we've got this bye week that we've got nothing on. So, you know, wild card wouldn't be the worst idea, but it's just, it is hard in our comp when we've got this many teams that basically have the same ground for their home ground advantage. I mean, Collingwood have finished top and they're playing a team that the ground's named after, so you, you can't do much there. But, I mean, you couldn't do it because it is probably too harsh. I know in the NBA you, you sort of get to um, play play seven games and you get away with it, but like 1v8, 2v7, and it's full knockout. I mean, that would be brutal. Is it too brutal for our sport? Because I like your idea of, you know, lots of things on the line and elimination. I mean... Ideally, you'd actually probably in our comp have a top six where, you know, one and two get a week off and then, you know, we basically skip this week and start with the semis. Um, they won't do it because finals are the big money money point for the AFL at this time of the year. So, yeah, but uh, is it too harsh to go full knockout in our comp? No, it's not because the fact you do not have the knockout means some of the other knockout games are a little bit diluted. Fifth first eight, right? Winner of that goes through, loser gets knocked out. Well, they're just going to have to play one of the better sides who's coming off a loss. So they get the yeah. chance to lose and then have a real red-hot go at this team that's won. Like, it's it's a little bit unfair for the team to... Well, not unfair. They are disadvantaged compared to the top four because they get a second shot. Whereas I think the advantage should be a week off earlier and then you play through and can get knocked out right up until... Each week until the grand final. Um, It's better done with a conference-style system. Um, So if you had two conferences, you'd have a top 10. And then uh, the first team in each conference gets a bye. The other four play off, so you get four finals in the first week. And then after that, you got four teams left. And then twos, twos, and then, you know, two... You have four games the following week, which is two and two and two and two. And then the week after that, you have two games. And then the week after that, you have one. Um, that would sort of fit a little bit better. Um, but that's, yeah, they're, they're just going to bring a wild They'll bring a wild card in 7v10, 8v9 at some point next year, year after I'm tipping. And then, uh, Everyone will complain about that, and then we'll start accepting that, and then they'll try and find a way to get 11th and 12th in somehow. 
<laughs> so if that was the case this year, so you'd have, if we had wildcard, we would have seen Sydney play the Dogs and the Giants play the Crows. Are you happy with those games over nothing? Yep. Yep. Well, I think Adelaide deserved to be in ahead of Sydney. Um, and, well, the Dogs probably didn't deserve to be in, but, yes, I would be happy with those games. It would have meant a little bit more was on the line in that Essendon game when they played Collingwood. They couldn't make the eight. But if they had have won that, they would have been in 10th and therefore in the playoff against the Giants to go into the eight. So it keeps the season alive that little bit longer for some teams like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, where when we're talking big finals, it's really the big money, the prelim stuff, Tom. That's that's where it's all sort of heartbreak and heartache. Uh, but, well, yeah, I think You've stumbled on something, though. Like, I feel like, and this is why I don't like the bye. Like, we've had this big, long, enormous season. It's, you know, not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you get to the end and you, you want that reward. You know, you want that, I guess, you know, that, that drink after a hard-earned, long season. And that drink is finals footy straight away. We're not getting it. I, I actually feel like it. I probably feel this more in the NBA when they do the playing tournament. I just want to get to the. I want to get to the playoffs. That's what it's about. You just want to get to there at the end of a long season. You know, I get the wild card idea, and I'll take it because it's better than a week off from footy. But I think you you reward the fans for their interest in this the long arduous season, and you give them finals ready to roll straight off the top. If you're obsessed with having a week off, do it. Yeah, do it pre-granny as we were sort of touching on earlier. But yeah, I feel like I just want to get to this. This is what it's about. The finals, end of year, the stories you get out of it. You know, it, it's it's our reward as fans. And it's you're sort of just teasing it because you know you've got, you've got our interest. But they yeah, are playing and, with the momentum of the year like too harshly, you know, <laughs> like. And, and the reward for the top four teams, the teams that could win week one is another week off. But that's not yeah. much of a reward when everybody's just had a week off the week before. Like that, that we're, used we're to really that. mean something because of that that uh, marathon sort of style season. And then you have your first final, you win that, you get this extra breather, and that used to mean something and be an advantage. Whereas we still don't know how much of an advantage it is. It feels like a disadvantage, and it interrupts the way teams go through it. Um. Well, we've never had more straight sets, exits, or teams, yeah, you know, coming right. from the bottom half of the bottom, you know, five to eight into a prelim and above. You know, we've those numbers are through the roof since this happened. So, yeah, I mean, the longer that goes, the more it'll back it up that it that it is dumb. And I guess you know, I don't want to be advocating for the, the before the grand final buy because I think it's woeful. Before the Super Bowl, we have to wait a week for that. Um, I understand it with the concussion protocols and that side of it, but yeah, it, it's been a long season. You just want to get to the finals. You want to get to the granny. You want to get to your premier. That's what it's about. So yeah, I think it's, I mean, we, every year we have this argument until they get rid of it, Seb. So AFL, if you're listening, please, please get rid of it. But I don't uh, have a feeling they'll listen. No, I mean, they'll keep it in just because it generates a lot of talk about getting rid of it. So yeah, it's here to stay for quite some time. Um, but Thursday night, it kicks off. It's uh, to be another ripping final series, Tom. Yep, and I can't wait to uh, cover it with you, Seb. It, 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 it'll be good to be back in the games. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but just before we head out, you happy with the All-Australian team, by the way? We didn't get to the end of that after last week. Well, I think we went through the squad, but I thought it was a pretty balanced team, to be honest, in terms of the debate it generated. I couldn't. Well, except for my man, Dan Houston. I still don't understand what he does and off the back flank. Um, so seriously, I, well, I'm going to have to watch him on Saturday night and see if he does anything. Um, I couldn't – I wouldn't have changed a single player. Yeah, and, that, and there's not many years you could say that. I think it was as spot on, I reckon, as you could have got it. I know there were arguments made for like a, a Libba, um, but – you mentioned it actually. I'm going to steal your line from no, pre-show. I told you pre-show. The dogs could not have three all Australians and Correct. miss the eight. That's that'd be. It would sum them up, but yeah, they, you couldn't. And um, you know, good good to see a few blokes that probably, you know, get 
plaudits in house get rewarded. You know, Cal Wilkie down back as a full back, and even Nick Larkey, great to see him in there. His season was unbelievable. So you'll take that. Probably a, a night you enjoyed, Seb, for the Roos. Take away a rising star as well in Sheasel, which was also fair, despite I thought Owens would go all right. Um, he did. But uh, Sheasel, obviously, you can't argue with those numbers. So they got that right. And then Bonta's. Uh, MVP and Zach Butters Coaches Award, it, it all seemed to sort of fall into place. You do know the last year we won the Rising Star was 1998. Uh, Byron Pickett? Byron Pickett, yeah. We won the flag the following year. Um, <laughs> I'll hold you to that. We did play off in the grand final in 98, so we're probably not coming off the same base, but um, no, I th- well, I think we'll win the Rising Star next year. I think Wardlaw wins it next year. Um, but yeah, he's just so you didn't play more than 10 games. No, I didn't get more than 10. We cotton walled him. Um, so oh, it's exciting, it's great, but I mean, what does it mean? Like, what is it like, really? What does it mean? Nothing. He's had a great year. Um, I think that I would love for them to just get rid of this rising star 10 games under 21 garbage and just have it for first year players because that's really well, what it is. Fair. You think- Wardlaw next year with a season, you know, a preseason under his belts coming from a nice base. Similar, similar to Mitch Owens, he got the same and he exploded. So, yeah, it's um, a it'd be a massive advantage having a year in the system versus not. And just because you didn't quite play enough games, you still like you're still eligible, but it's called a rising star, not rookie of the year. So they're all technically rising stars. Um, but yeah, no, no, it was great for North Melbourne. Didn't lose last week. Season's done. Like, you know, there were no negatives. No yeah, negatives. BNF coming up. Essendon trying to pull Taron Thomas out, but they couldn't get that deal done. That's another big fish the Bombers have missed, Tom. <laughs> have you got any more scoops for us? I know it's not that time of year, but you, well, you, you hear a few rumblings. Is that one starting, of them? Starting to, starting to rumble, aren't they? Um, uh, I, I've mentioned uh, James Harms will get out of Melbourne when their He's season's out. done. Uh, Grundy to Sydney or Port Adelaide is a big talk. And the talk yep. is, is it okay for him to be talking to these clubs while Melbourne season is going? And I say, yes, why not? He's he's not going to be playing, is he? Um, ben Mackay, Hawthorne, Sydney, Essendon are calling on him based on the, the changes in their pick. They'll obviously be pushed back a little bit, but I, yeah, I don't know. And um, if if Asava Radagalia gets offered that deal, it, it's seven. Was it seven years, five million, something insane? Who, who was throwing that around? That is that's a number I've seen being thrown around. Madness. Um, yeah, you, that's that's. I I would say as a list manager that should be categorised as career suicide. Like you just he's he is a player who absolutely could be a great intercept marker, but he's gonna have other limitations. And surely I mean Cal Wilkie was rookie listed out of Adelaide, wasn't he? Yeah, North Adelaide, yep. Yeah. You can find him a little bit easier than going and get this guy from Geelong and going, Yep. Well you've taken some good marks down back. We're gonna give you eight hundred a year for five years or seven years, whatever the deal is like a just a stupid deal tom yeah i'm I'm shaking my head if if that does uh come to light that that is crazy and and do you have any for bailey smith is he out of the dogs i know there were the rumors swirling that he's going down to the cattery because he's a cotton on man and they're sponsored by cotton on i know that's convenient but uh I, i think there's a bit of being a bit of work done in that space yeah, like they haven't publicly said he, you know, he's on the trade table, but I think you know that where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think there's something there, but I think he's going to play out the contract and and see where it lands next year. But I think the question is going to keep coming, um, just on the basis of where there's smoke, there's fire, um. He, it, yeah, it'd be a big loss to the dogs if he if he asked for a trade. Like it, it, 
maybe not so much the impact of that one player on the field, but just the idea that someone that age suddenly just says, no, I don't want to play for you. Um, I'm saying you've really got to review where your coach is at and what's going on there, Tom. Yeah, well, I guess the season's done and, and you know, the teams that haven't made it, a lot of the press is obviously cooled because the eyes are off. But it wouldn't surprise me if there was some movement might be extreme, but, you know, they're, they're looking at him, the dog. So <laughs> stranger things have happened. The other really, really, really interesting one that I didn't see coming and I don't think there's anything to, but has been reported... Little nibble of Archie Perkins down in Geelong. Actually, I think I've I've seen a little bit of that one too. He's actually, uh, I think for his draft class, he's played the most or the second most games and he's had plenty of experience, showed plenty this year. That That's interesting. He's been What's the, the best. Uh, well, I can't remember off the top of my head. I should, I, I should have written this down. Um was it his dad? He, he he loves him, Paul Chapman. There's there's something in there. Um, I'd hate to lose wow. him. He's that's a that's a big piece for them to lose if he if he slips out of their grasp. He's not the number one young player. He's not any of those things. But he's each year he's progressively gotten better, and he's so strong through the hips and and. He makes good decisions, good use. Like he's, he ticks so many boxes. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. There's just been this thing running through Twitter that, yeah, maybe, just maybe. Yeah, well, they're, they're the deals you like. Like, I know, you know, the media take the narrative and run with it and they like to know the deals and it's all about who breaks them first. But the best deals are the ones we don't see coming that, you know, are, are sort of behind closed doors and they're, they're actually usually really from left field. Because, you know, they've been so under the radar that, you know, no one's had a chance to analyze them. They're the deals you like. And this is sounding like one of them. So we'll see what happens here. Be a good get for the Cats. That'd be some good recruiting from them. Yeah. Um, when one last, well, this one's close to home, Todd Goldstein. Um, did you catch the reporting of this? I think I think this is a North Melbourne player. It just, just missed. People just didn't jump on this. But it, I think it was Tom Morris. I, I don't mind Tom Morris, but. He basically said, effectively, Goldstein's got three options. One, he retires, which I don't think is likely. Two, he signs a contract with Melbourne. Three, he signs a contract elsewhere. Well, like, yeah, Jeez. they're the three options, that's, Tom. That like, is that's groundbreaking not, journalism there. I could pick any player and give you there the options. It's, it's Tom Hawkins' options, actually. He can retire, he can sign <laughs> at Geelong, or he can sign somewhere else. Like, they're his options. Like, it just... What I think no one's reported is Todd got his family down to Tassie for his for the last game of the year, and after the game after the game they were on the ground with him. I have a feeling Todd's played his last game for North Melbourne, but he is keen to play on. We've offered him a contract that's well below what he thinks he's worth, and he's trying to get a deal elsewhere. That's wow. what I see happening from behind the scenes. But yes, he might retire. He might sign at North. He might go elsewhere. If you believe the media, they're technically right. Yeah. No. Well, he won't get it. He won't get that one wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to think. It, it'd be one more year at least. It, it, which club needs a, a ruckman for one season? But he, he he could do a job. I'm not worried about that. Like he he, but um, but he needs to be the solo ruckman for one full season. For a club that I guess it you know either doesn't have a a young ruckman or or just needs that extra pinch hit to take him that next level in September. I mean, you mentioned his family. Sydney would love him, I guess, for one season. Does a Port well, Adelaide look at it? But if if Grundy leaves, be, yeah, Grundy's there. If Grundy, so. well, if Grundy leaves Melbourne, Melbourne would surely just pay him. Yep, you're going to be VFL, but we want you to play with. Max for about six to eight weeks from about round eight to 16. And potentially if Max needs a rest at all, you'll play a full game. But like, I think, I think one of the things we've missed with this whole Grundy thing is Max is actually pretty fresh and running around on top of the ground. He wasn't yeah. like this last year. And that's been, he hasn't shouldered the load the whole year. They haven't played their best footy, but he's not running to the ground over the course of 23 games. And if Grundy wants out and they can get something for him, they might do that and then try and bring Goldstein in through some 
of the other mechanisms or levers, as I think the people like to call them, be it, be it a preseason draft or a free agency or a little trade with a fourth rounder or something ridiculous that doesn't even count. Um, but I think Melbourne are going to make sure they've got pl- plenty of backup to Max to either run with him or or give him a week off through the year because it's been. I think that's one of the reasons people seem to like where they're at. They're just they're fresh and they they seem fresh and healthy and ready to go. Whereas last year they seemed a little bit more burnt out after a hot start and then a, a fading finish. The Collingwood of twenty twenty two, dare I say? Yeah, it, look, it's interesting. It's not the season just for it yet, but there's plenty bubbling around. Um, look, you steered back into it. The D's off the top, so. D's win, Blues win, Saints win, and the Lions win. That's what we're both saying. I think we agreed on all tips. So that surely there's a sting in the tail there. But, geez, I can't wait to watch all four and come and cover it with you next week, Seb. Yeah, looking forward to it. Big, big week one of finals. <laughs>